Awesome. How is everybody? This is Rosa from Latina Leaders Leaving a Legacy. Um, I'm here to talk about today, are you leading with guilt? Are you leading from a place of guilt that you carry from your past behaviors and actions that resulted in negative outcomes? Are you leading with guilt? Well, today I'm going to talk about that. Let's talk about this. I am Rosa from Latina Leaders Leaving a Legacy in which I talk about leadership principles with uh, using biblical background and really igniting you and wanting to spark you and, and, and just encourage you to leave a legacy because all of us have a story in us. All of us have something to say that could teach one another and encourage one another and help each other get to, and to fulfill um, our purpose and success and what God has for us. And today I want to talk about a great story that I think we take for granted and we talk too much in the church and we kind of just skim over and just kind of like ignore the facts or the realities of what was going through this story, what was happening and going through Sarah's mind. So I want to talk about Abraham and Sarah. So Sarah is a great woman, a great woman of God who gets a bad rap. The poor girl gets a bad rap all the time. So I want to talk about her and, um, just to give you a little background about Abraham and Sarah, um, Abraham and Sarah in the book of Genesis, um, and I'm going to read a little bit from Genesis 12, chapter 12. Um, it says, now there was a famine in the land and Abram went down to Egypt to dwell there. Okay, so let me give a little background because I forgot that this is a little bit more forward of what's happening. So Abraham and Sarah um, are a couple. They're married and God talks to Abraham and, and says to him, hey, listen, I want to bless you. But in order for me to bless you, you got to leave your country, you got to leave your land, you got to leave your family behind, and you got to go where I'm going to take you. Because I'm going to show you great things and I'm going to bless you and I'm going to make a nation out of you, but you got to leave the land. So he picks up in obedience and he says, Go by yourself. But he takes Lot, his cousin, and you know, how many of us can't leave family behind? Well, he didn't. But that doesn't matter today because we're not going to talk about Lot today. But I'm going to talk about Sarah. Sarah was an awesome woman who gets a bad rap all the time because she let Abraham sleep with Hagar so that they can have the promised child. They can bring about the promise of God. Now, I like to talk about Sarah because this my blog or oh, my, my, my blog, I'm sorry, my video. Yeah, my blog a video is about my videos are about leadership. And this woman was told by God directly that she would be the leader, a mother of many nations, mother of many. So imagine God comes and tells you this and you're like, what the heck? I can't even have children. So from the beginning, God told her, you're going to be a great leader. So could you imagine the pressure of, of that thought of what was going through her mind of what she must have been thinking this whole time like wow who am i i'm just i'm just a regular woman i'm a wife first and how the heck am i going to be the mother of many nations maybe i'm going to have a lot of children so this is in the beginning of their journey and their walk with god that god tells them you're going to be mother of many nations okay so they leave they obey god abraham's obey god and they leave their country they leave their family behind 
And so this is where the story picks up in Genesis 12. It says, Now there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down to Egypt to dwell there. For the famine was severe in the land, and it came to pass when he was close to entering Egypt, that he said to Sarai, his wife, Indeed, I know that you are a woman of beautiful countenance. Therefore, it will happen when the Egyptians see you that they will say, This is his wife, and they will kill me, but they will let you live. Please say you are my sister, that it may be well with me for your sake, and that I may live because of you. So, Abraham over here is a man that is, everybody talks about this man of faith, this man like, oh my God, he walked with God, he heard the voice of God. But this was a man like any other man, all right? Um, the Bible says that if you're my husband, then you're supposed to lay down your life for me. You know, you're supposed to, with the way Christ loves the church, you're supposed to lay down your life for me. Well, here Abraham tells them, tells Sarah, hey, listen, man, I don't want to get killed. So you know what? We're going to lie. I'm going to say that you are my sister because you're so beautiful. Because Sarah had it going on. She was gorgeous. I mean she must have been like this beautiful woman amazing body like she must have had gorgeous hair no, i'm kidding she must have had amazing hair like she must have been this beautiful amazing looking woman for him to have been like let's lie you're gonna be my sister because i don't want to get killed so i can only imagine how sarah must have felt like dang bro you won't even stand up for me you're my husband you're supposed to be the one that protects me you're supposed to one to be supposed to be my covering i'm supposed to feel secure being your wife like that's why i married you because and i trusted you and i left my family behind too to leave to live with you and follow the promises of god and here we are in the face of egyptians a, just just a little bit you're afraid that they're going to kill you all because i'm beautiful it's not my fault god made me beautiful like really like what's wrong with you like i could only imagine the things that were going through her head like if my husband i'm not married but if my boyfriend told me hey listen let's just stay with sisters because we're about to walk into you know the dark area like a a, a bad neighborhood and i don't want to get killed so whatever i'm gonna be like what? what what what's wrong with you you're supposed to protect me all right so but sarah puts up with it and she actually, in, in my, when I'm reading this scripture, in my, when I'm reading, when I'm interpreting, she had to have sex with Pharaoh. She laid with Pharaoh because it says that um, once Pharaoh slept with her, what doesn't say that she, it doesn't, the Bible does not say that they slept together. But it does say that plagues came upon Egypt. All right, I'm going to read you what it says here. But the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarah, Abram's wife. All right. And it doesn't say that God spoke to Pharaoh either. It doesn't specify how the Pharaoh figured out that this was, that this woman was married. It doesn't say any of that. But it does say that he brought, that there were plagues, that God punished Pharaoh for sleeping with Sarah. Okay. So now Sarah's traumatized. First of all, her husband doesn't protect her. Number two, Sarah doesn't um, have to sleep with a stranger. All right. An Egyptian, somebody she doesn't know for a totally complete different culture. I mean, she is forced 
into this situation. She's pimped out. Abraham pimped out Sarah, guys. Abraham pimped out Sarah. Would you or would you not be upset? Okay, but she's a submissive wife. She's a good wife and she loves her husband and God gets her out of this mess and they go back to them, they go about, about their business. Okay, this is Genesis 12. When you go to Genesis 20, all right, Genesis 20, they're in another journey, they're in another area, they move it, it says Genesis 20, now Abraham moved on from there into the region of Negev and lived between Kadesh and Shur. For a while he stayed in Gerar, anyway, he said, and there Abraham said to his wife, she is my sister. Then Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent for Sarah and took her. Twice. Twice Abraham lies and pimps out his wife. Okay. Once again, Sarah's put into this situation where she's like, man, all right. Well, I got to obey my husband. I love my husband. I have to protect him. You know what? I don't want him to get killed. I understand him. He's afraid. He's scared. I love my husband blindly. Fine. I mean, you know, I have to go through this again. I have to go through this again. God spared me the first time. What am I going to do? But this time, God intervenes in the sense that God says, but God came to Abimelech in a dream one night and said to him, you are as good as dead because of the woman you have taken. She's married woman. Okay. So God intervened and told Abimelech, before you sleep with her, let me tell you what you're about to do. She's a married woman. Do not sleep with her. Sarah must have been crying out to God like, God, please don't let me go through this again. Because my husband cannot cover me. He hasn't stood up for me. He hasn't, whatever. I'm going through all this. I'm getting to a point where I'm going by leading with guilt. So stay with me. Stay with me, okay? All right. So now Sarah's going through this for the second time. God spares her. And she comes out of it. All right. Now let's talk about this now, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening. All right. Talk about a woman now that has been traumatized twice, that's left uncovered, that's left on her own to, to really deal with these strange men that's been put in a dangerous situation because at any point she could have been killed too. She loved her husband. She got pimped out and her husband all right when it's confronted the second time by the king he answers abraham answers this way he says abraham replied i said to myself there is surely no fear of god in this place and they will kill me because of my wife besides she really is my sister the daughter of my father though not of my mother and she became my wife and when god had me wander from my father's household i said to her this is how you can show your love to me everywhere we go say of me he is my brother so he manipulated the whole situation he didn't accept responsibility for his actions and he pimped out his wife twice and the second time god intervenes and my man still not take accepting responsibility he's still just what do we call that omitting omitting and turning the truth around using technicalities to get out of a lie that you just did and said and this is supposed to be the man of faith so this is a lot to me about abraham's character it says a lot to me about the kind of husband sarah had it says a lot to me about abraham's thought process so here's a man that is a coward i'm sorry but i gotta say it He's scared of, of telling the truth. 
He's scared of what may happen to him, so he's more selfish. He doesn't accept responsibility, and then he says, well, she's, it's not my fault, it's your, you're beautiful. And second of all, technically, you're my sister. And, you know, and Sarah must have been like, dag, it's not my fault I'm beautiful. Like, I didn't put myself, I didn't give myself these features. I didn't give myself this body. And her husband is probably going through this whole situation where now he's thinking, now I got to give God a, an heir. You know, like, I, I got to fulfill God's purpose in which I have to have a child and because God said that I would be the father of many nations, so I have to have a kid. And now she cannot conceive. They both cannot conceive. But I don't know if they had the medical technology to be able to say whose fault this was for the lack of being able to conceive. So he probably blamed her again. He probably blamed her and said, oh, God's given me a barren woman. You know, first he gives me a beautiful woman, but now he gives me a barren woman. Now I can't conceive. I can't have fulfilled God's purpose. So he's probably been like torturing his wife with his own guilt, with his own shortcomings, complaining, complaining, just saying things, making her feel bad for the decisions that he's had to make up until now and for not being able to fulfill the purpose of God. Now, doesn't that make you think that that woman probably felt guilty after years of hearing her husband not take responsibility for his own actions you probably start thinking, damn, it probably is my fault. Dear God, you know, maybe it is my fault. Maybe I am the barren one. It is me. It's my fault. I'm beautiful, but this is the price that I pay for being beautiful. I can't, I'm barren. Um, and maybe this is the price that I'm paying for not talking to my husband and not speaking to him and telling him, no, let's do the right thing and tell the truth. And I went ahead with the plan and I slept with Pharaoh. So now I... And paying for this you know and the reason I say that that they probably slept together was because in Abimelech didn't no plagues came upon him he did not get punished with plagues but Abraham I mean what Pharaoh did so that tells me that she slept with Pharaoh but she didn't sleep with Abimelech so she's probably carrying around this guilt of infidelity I was unfaithful to my husband I don't know how if who knows how Abraham probably reacted after she slept with Pharaoh. He probably despised her for a while or was jealous, insecure. Because, come on, if you're afraid of, of standing up and defending your wife, you're, you're an insecure man. And I'm, I'm sorry, this is not bashing on men or bashing on Abraham Day. I just want you to understand because Sarah gets such a bad rap about the decision that she came to in, in letting Abraham sleep with Hagar. She gets such a bad rap that we don't really take into consideration of what was really probably going on in their marriage. Their marriage obviously was dysfunctional. Obviously, they both have guilt issues. Obviously, they both have insecurities. Obviously, they both were dealing with a lot of things, a lot of pressures. Pressures that, you know, probably from their culture, from their religion, from God. And I'm not saying that God put pressure on them because maybe they just not because maybe but because they didn't trust god and didn't believe god that he was going to make it happen one way or another that he's the god of miracles they really didn't know god they only knew god through a cultural lens through a, a human perspective so they put this pressure a religious pressure on themselves to make the promises of god come to pass they probably wanted to make it right 
Wouldn't you want to make it right? How many of us walk around with this guilt? And we want to make things right. And we want to lead others in the truth and in, in righteousness. But we're doing it because based on guilt. On the guilt that we carry around. And we want to make things right. So Sarah was probably tired of hearing Abraham complain all these years. Or be down or be negative on himself. And probably say, you know what? We've messed up. We messed up badly. We're not going to... God you know, changed his mind about us. It's not going to happen through us. He probably because now look at us we can't even conceive we're dead we're old our bodies are dead we're old it's done whatever it's over let's just give up so in that process in that thought process Sarah must have been like you know what look I'm tired of you complaining I'm tired of you saying and being negative like this just do me a favor just sleep with Hagar and just have an air okay at least you'll have an heir and you will fulfill God's purpose. Don't worry about me. You know, and, and she probably felt guilty. I know I slept with Pharaoh. Look, it's fine. I slept with Pharaoh. You sleep with Hagar. We're even, even Stephen, right? How many women out there are pressured to do things because they love their boyfriend or they love their husband and you're intimidated or enticed or, or coerced, not enticed, but and coerced into having a threesome or being a, a you know a swinger and to share your partner because of some guilt they're guilting you into something something you did in the past that they're using that to manipulate you and, and, and coerce you into doing something that you really don't want to do or they're not even coercing you but because you're guilty about something you did in the past you want to make it right and you participate in certain actions because you just feel guilty because that guilt is just eating at you eating at you and you make decisions or let's just take it to the place of of, of uh, parenthood let's say you're a mom and you did things as a child and you disobeyed your mom and you have all this guilt and whatever so now when you're raising your children you're doing things a certain way that God is not pleased because you're dealing dealing with it with guilt you're not you're scared of disciplining your child because my mom used to hit me hard so you correct them and you give them all the freedom in the world and you're not in you go the other extreme when you're not giving your child guidance then guilt as a leader let's talk about a church leader a church leader you're you're afraid of preaching the true gospel of God and bringing correction to your church because you're guilty you carry your own guilt because you've done things wrong because you and the you have done things in the past that you're like who am I you need let me tell you people of God we need to let that go we need to before we be, make decisions that are going to affect others and hurt others and hurt the future our future and the promises of God we need to let go of that guilt if we truly want revival if we really want revival from the, the Holy Spirit and from God to come and touch our lives to transform us and change us then I highly encourage you to humble yourself before the Lord, let go of that guilt, repent before God, and let the Holy Spirit cleanse you, give you a fresh start so that you can lead guilt-free in true liberty and in truth and in the strength and in the power of the Holy Spirit. Then no matter what you say, how you say it, it's going to be all from a pure, pure heart, from love, from forgiveness, guilt-free, and it's going to be in truth and it's going to be powerful and transformational that's what i'm talking about that's what i want to be i want to be a leader that doesn't lead with guilt i know i am not 
free of guilt. I am not free of sin. I have a past. There are so many things that, oh my goodness. As a matter of fact, I am writing my book now because I am laying it all out there. Because I want people to know, you know what? God forgave me. I forgave myself. Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I confessed all my sins to the Lord and he forgave me. He died on the cross for all my sins. I have humbled myself before God and I continually do that because I'm not perfect. I continually mess up and I know that I need Jesus Christ. I cannot do anything without God. I cannot do anything. I cannot do these videos. I cannot talk to you with strength and with conviction and with love if I did not have God by my side. If I did not have Jesus here strengthening me and teaching me if I had not humbled myself before the Lord and let the Lord lead me and teach me. So I encourage you today, don't leave with guilt. If you, the Bible says, let me, let me read you this amazing scripture. If you want revival, if you want transformation and you want to be an amazing leader that leads with full strength, full power, that is going to bring change, a real change, then I suggest you humble yourself. Look at this scripture. It says, 2 Chronicles 7, 14. It says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray. Humble yourself before the Lord. If you're carrying about guilt, around guilt about things that you've done in the past, humble yourself before the Lord and pray. It says, humble yourself before the Lord and pray. Seek my face and turn from your wicked ways. Make a decision. Humble yourself. Repent before the Lord and say, I'm not going to do this anymore. Let the Holy Spirit transform you that you will have no desire to go back to your old ways. It says, and turn from the wicked ways. Then, then it says, once you do these things, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. You want healing? You want, God is ready, ready for forgiveness, ready, but you have to repent, humble yourself before the Lord. You have to acknowledge that you did wrong. You have to re accept responsibility for your actions. That's what it takes for transformation, for renewal, for revival. I mean, you want power from the Holy Spirit? Then you better admit, you better repent before the Lord. Put down your pride. Put down your pride and take responsibility for our actions and stop blaming others. Poor Sarah, Abraham must have blamed her nonstop for everything that happened to them. But I'm sure she did her part that was wrong of blaming him too. I'm sure it was not just him, it was her too. But they both needed to bow down before God and repent and say, Lord, forgive us. We've done wrong. We have done so much wrong before you. We didn't trust in you. We try to make your promises come to pass on our own. And we humble ourselves before you. And that's why God was able to actually bring about the promises. Because they humbled themselves before him. So I acknowledge you today. I hope you learned something. Do not leave with guilt. It doesn't bring about good results. It doesn't. So... I admonish you, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening, take heed to this word and trust in the Lord that God loves you. God is ready to embrace you, ready to forgive you, ready to love on you, ready to give you a fresh start, 
ready to help you for not remember your past. He's the God that doesn't remember our past. He doesn't care because he loves you and he wants to give you a fresh start. So let me pray with you today. Dear Lord, Father God, thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to come and share this word. And thank you, Father. I pray that this message will get to the right people, that the right women and, and men will hear it, and that your word, Father God, will transcend into their soul, into their spirit, and that they will humble themselves before you and experience revival and transformation in their lives. We thank you for this word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, ladies. So remember to subscribe to my channel, follow me on Instagram, follow me on Facebook. Um, I have a lot more videos that I haven't edited yet and I'm still putting up, but I am writing my book. So, I'll, you know, you know, stay with me. I'm going to be sharing a lot more about myself and my stories in the future. And I mean, I have in the past in the other videos, so watch. All right. But um, anyway, you'll see the whole thing in my book. But love you guys. Thank you for following. Thank you for being such amazing uh, followers. Love you. And if you have any questions, comments, any topics you want me to talk about, let me know. Bye. God bless.